Lord, we just I just pray a special blessing even over today, over our children, Lord God. I pray that they would have encounters down there, life-changing encounters. Lord, that they would have an encounter with you, the King of Kings, Lord, Lord. Lord, I pray for miracles, signs, and wonders would be normal for our kids because they know who they are and they know whose they are. And Lord, I pray right now for every parent in this place, just the wisdom and revelation and understanding and a grace to raise these world changers up. And I pray, Lord God, that we would truly believe that saying there's no junior Holy Spirit for all of us. Lord, just come and it's just a fresh wave today, God. I pray, Lord God, I thank you that you've already been moving, but I pray for an increase right now. I pray for an increase of the awareness of your kingdom manifesting on earth right now. Lord, I thank you that every believer in this place that says the kingdom is within, and so Lord, I ask that the kingdom would explode out of them today, that we'd be partnering together today. Lord God, I just thank you for the angelic hosts that are in this place, Lord God, that, we are, that we're working with because they're ministering angels. Lord God, I just pray right now, I just partner with heaven in Jesus' name. Oh, come on. Man, I'm excited. We got hope in the house. We got hope. Do we have hope? Hmm. What if you are the answer or you are the hope somebody needs? No, I... Let that sink in for a moment. What if your choices are actually dictating history? I'm talking simple choices. Deciding to listen in swift obedience to the Lord or not listening. Come on, there's an awakening in the church right now. I can, I'm hearing it from everywhere, but I also just, we just, I can tell, it, I hear it from here. There's a hunger and an excitement, but I don't, we don't want to miss it. There's always opportunities in the kingdom. And yes, God paid the price and every day is an opportunity. But there's sometimes it feels like there's a seasons or time, specifically for groups. Can we see that in scripture? There's a reason why they had to spend a bunch of time, the Israelites had to spend a bunch of time in the desert is because they didn't take the opportunity. I don't like the desert, guys. And if you ever are in a desert, I love Heidi Baker's take on it. Let the river flow. Why? Well, you're in the desert. Yeah, but you have a choice because you have the kingdom within. And if the kingdom is within you, then you also have the river that flows out of the belly. But we have to step into truth to have that happen. Again, how hungry are we? I'm not talking about a charis- just a charismatic hunger. I mean that because that's good. I love it. I love it when we stir it up. I'm actually unashamedly of no problem pushing in a meeting when we gather as saints. I'll tell you why. Because for too long, I listened to a lie. Do you know lies are the only thing that holds you back? And that lie was, there was a season in my life that I held back. In church, in a meeting. Why? Because I heard some rumors. Oh, Kevin Kevin's just gets hyped up. He just gets hyped up. And one day, the, I was like, and I, and I used that as an excuse. Oh, I don't want people to think I'm hyping it up. Until the, I actually listened to the Lord one day, and he's like, I keep on telling you to do something, because I made you for something, 
and you're not doing it. And I said, Lord, I don't want to offend people. He says, who cares what people think? And he asked me a question. And this is what you have to ask yourself in every situation is, in these situations is, well, what's your heart in this, Kevin? I'm like, I hate, I, I'm not into, I'm going to stir up the kingdom. I, I just love that. I just, when I see, and, and I happen to be a seer, so you start seeing things, and you get excited, and I just want to stir it up, and I'm like, come on! And he's like, so your heart's right. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, then don't, who cares? So I'm unashamedly have no problem. And you know what? The biggest problem is a lot of people also in this room, oh, let's take, oh, did I say in this room? Outside this room. Is that God has been pushing you even. I'm telling you, I can tell you right now, there's people in this room, even during worship today, are like, oh, I, wish, I kind of want to show you up to the front. I really just want to go for it. But no, no, no. You guys listen to the voice of the Lord. We have to break our insecurities. Our insecurities are holding us back way too much. Because I'll tell you, I want to be part of the story. I want you to be part of the story. And what I mean by that is, have you read the book of Acts? It has no end. Those are the acts of God. And it's an invitation for us to keep living. Not some big names. No, every person has an opportunity to be part of the story of God in history. But it's an opportunity. It's our yeses. It's giving up our free will and saying it's all for you, Lord. And this is the killer it hurts. There's a cost involved of getting into the story. It's giving it all. It's interesting. Uh, I will get to where I'm going. This all fits, though. John 10. He just spoke to me during the worship. Go to John 10, verse 7. It won't be up there unless they find it. Jesus went over it again. I speak in red letters here. That's Jesus. I speak to you eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. So Jesus is the answer, right? All those who broke in before me are thieves who came to steal, but the sheep never listened to them. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to what? Experience. That's not up there, but it's, so I'll say it slower. Is to experience life. Fullness of life, guys. Freedom. Satisfaction. So if you're not experiencing that, you're allowing something to hold you back. You are allowing. Well, guys, I'm gonna. I'm preaching to myself today, but I'm also. I'm gonna push today a bit because I. I am so hungry to see the awakening of what's going on in this region, and there is an opportunity, and there is heaven is calling out and saying, "Do you guys want it?" Because I want to be part of the revival that never ends, and I don't want to wait. And this is not against what we were singing before, but I am done. Almost just. Fed up singing, I want to move. I want to be the move. I want to declare that we are moving. And we do. The song gets there. So no offense. <laughs> but honestly, I'll be, this might offend some people. I actually saw two angels in this room during worship frustrated. And I'm like, what? And they're like, they're frustrated. He's like, just give it. They're like, come on. Who's going to burn? No, for real. Who's going to step past that line? I love it. Brent constantly likes to say, hey, just do something different. That's not because he just likes to say, just do something different. It's because when you do something different, it triggers something, and you're just not in routine anymore. You're not just in a service just waiting for 12 or 11.45, and hopefully Kevin's done, and I can go eat. 
but you're actually sitting there going, wow, I want to actually change something in me, not your neighbor, in me, that I actually want to grow because I don't want to be where I was a year ago or 10 years ago, six months ago, three days ago, but that's only up to you. It's not going to be some man or woman coming here and touching you on the head and all of a sudden everything changes. That can happen, but that's only because of the preparation in your heart before it happened. You can't get it any faster than you're willing to go after him. It can go fast that way, but are you going to let him do the work? Are you going to live in the freedom and the satisfaction of the kingdom and experience life? Because what we all know this verse, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to what? Steal, slaughter, and destroy. And it's interesting, he's lying down here, just waiting on the Lord, and just speaking with him, and he's literally like, Kevin, that's how the devil works, he steals. And so often we think of the stealing as stealing, oh, I took the phone. No, he's stealing destiny. And the only way he does that is through lies. He convinces us that we're in battles that we're not in. He convinces us about people's motives that you were never supposed to know. Do you know what the word says? We're not supposed to judge each other's motives because we actually aren't good at that? No. This is, this is huge, you guys. If you can actually learn to stop thinking you know what somebody else thinks about you, it'll set you free. I'm telling you. This is, I'm talking out of an experience. Literally, I was just talking to my mom about this yesterday because I literally, I've said, I thought certain people in our family thought I was crazy because I grew up in more of a conservative background and then I had an encounter that changed me and I did change. And I got a little radical, way more zealous than I, not as zealous as I used to be because I've got some maturity. But, and she's like, no, they love it. I'm like, what? Like, it's, like, honestly, it's, hear me, that's a huge lie. I don't know if she'll watch it or not, and I've shared this at the school because she, I have one of my aunts, my, sister, my mom's youngest daughter, my, young, my mom's youngest sister comes to our school now. When I found out she was coming, because we have a very solid, men, that side of the family's all Mennonites, very solid, her, my, her three, two of her boys are pastors, um, they did it the right way, they went to seminary and did all that, but, um, and so out of my insecurity, when I thought when she was coming, I'm like, oh no, this is going to be weird. And so what I do, because I've learned in this season to go after my insecurities. So what did I do? I'm picturing here, because you're sitting right over here, and my people in the school know. I start talking about it, because that's what I do, verbal processor. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I said, hey, and actually, even my aunt's sitting over here. You know how weird it is for me? Because I thought she didn't like this, and when she's, I'd be freaking out, because I'm like, I'm online, and she's seeing me being me. And, um, and before I could stop, she says, no, that's why I'm here. You know what it did? It clicked. What a lie. No, no. But that's not a, you guys, I'm going to be really mitzling. This is not a lie from, for a year. This is a lie for like 20 years. But the freedom when it breaks is unbelievable. I'm telling you, we have so many lies over us because the devil is stealing from us. And I'm fed up with it. I'm literally going head on. And the vastest ways, deal with it by not thinking people are thinking things. Seriously. It happens all the time. A little while ago, I was in a meeting, and literally you just bring people together, and you're trying to, these, there's issues between some people, and honestly, because I know both sides, they don't know, they don't know each other's situation, that's why they're in the room, and literally you're listening, and you're watching God heal things, but both sides were just lied to. Literally. And it's the same lie. 
They abandoned me. They abandoned me. No one abandoned anybody. They abandoned each other because, or they felt like they were abandoned because both were hurt without realizing that they were being lied to. And both of them were like, I love you guys. We care for you guys. Like, you know what that, it's so simple but so profound. So simple but so profound. I didn't forget this guy that steals, kills, and destroys. No, for, seriously, we need to stop worrying about him and say, God, what are you doing? What's the answer today? What are you asking me today to do? And some of us need to get, go deep back to, to my favorite verse in this season. It's created me a clean heart. So if there's something going on, how about I address it? How about I actually address it? Oh, that's weird. No, it brings freedom. That's the same thing. You have to, he's stealing again because he's telling you what's going to cause an issue. He, the devil's lying to you and saying, like, oh, no, no, if you do that, you have to be vulnerable. Oh, that's, that's embarrassing. Who cares? Because you'll find out most people are like, oh, I felt the same thing. Guys, most people don't want to be in issues with each other. You know what's hard sometimes is uh, leaders and pastors and stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna might offend some people here, okay? That's okay. I just can't help it because I actually don't think actually. But I, I actually believe this. I wouldn't say it if I really was gonna offend you, um, because I actually believe you guys are incredible and you're in a, you're in a body that actually hungers to grow, and that's why I feel safe to go after this stuff. But you watch over the years is how much you meet people with church hurt. Oh, this person hurt me, these leaders hurt me, these people, their leaders hurt me. You know what I find a lot of times, with, and not every time, so this is where I don't get offended, is when you sit down after a time of knowing these people that were so hurt over here, and now they, that you become close, and you're running with them, and you love them, because when you love somebody, you actually care and start praying, you know what I mean? And you're like, hmm, I can now see why the leaders of the other church had an issue. Right? Just hear me out. Here, okay? And the hardest part as a leader is, because I know where those pastors and other people, you, the, the damage is over there too, because they're like, oh, I, I didn't want to lose them. But they had to because they started caring. And then when they started caring, they actually said, hey, they got to work on something over here. What do you mean? I didn't do, I'm not like that. I'm not insecure at all. Well, okay. Uh, but hear me out here? We... What I'm coming to is a lot of the issues that we're walking around with are our issues. And we just don't want to get around people that we actually want to grow us and actually care enough about us. That's why we love this community that it's about community. Because it becomes safer. And I can tell you there's people that come and I know after conversations they leave because they can't handle that. Because it's like, whoa, these people actually believe in me and want to get to know me. We're used to just living life. Because... If you want to be part of the story, you have to keep growing, which means you have to keep on going. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Search me, oh God. Know my ways. That's a dangerous prayer, guys. I've been doing that even more and more lately, and it hurts. But then it's freedom. It's freedom, you guys. And I'm telling you, we're even, I can tell you that right, prophetically, there's a grace going on that there's a quick obedience to this stuff right now. When there's quick obedience, there's quick healing. Even something happened the other day, and it was interesting because I actually started going, oh, afterwards the devil comes, well, did it really do that? And it's like, what about, about all these bad, and I'm like, I can't remember those. And I literally couldn't remember the issues. 
It weirded me out, to be honest. I'm like, no, I know that for sure. What are they? Why? Because when you choose, he wipes it. Right? It's like Hebrews 11 literally rewrites history. What I mean by that is like Esther literally mocked, uh, not Esther, um, Sarah mocked God, pretty much laughed at God when he told him something great was heard, something great was going to happen, but she was going to have a child. And in, the, in, in Hebrews, in the New Testament, after the cross, literally heaven rewrote history and it actually honored her. You guys, so you, that's another lie we got to break, that your past is holding you back. Your past can't hold you back if you don't live in the past. But you have to choose to get past the past. No, seriously. Matthew 6.24 says this. This should come up. Very simple verses. I want to read these. Because this is what it's all about, being a disciple of Christ. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and what? Follow me. When you follow Jesus and actually stay following him, he's good at letting you know it needs to be changed. Why? Because he wants your full potential. Did you know when you were made, he actually wrote you into history? The scripture says you were made for such a time as this. You were here, created now. People are all going, where's revival? Why is there enough miracles? Why is this not happening? Why is the government not changed? Why is this? It's because we haven't actually allowed ourselves to grow and position ourselves where we were supposed to be in the story. I'm telling you, you're way more important than you think you are. And I'm going to speak something that we need to break off the charismatic church. That doesn't mean you need to be on the platform. It doesn't mean you need to be the signs and wonders person. You can literally be the one that gets on your knees and prays that no one ever knows. And that changes history. Have you ever uh, read Intercessors Reese Howells? Go find out. Intercession changed history. What about the person that you happen to stop at the grocery store while you're buying milk and the next thing you know you're sharing the gospel and that person goes and saves another 10 people and then they, those 10 people save another 10 people? Do the math. It's not about the names in heaven. When we get there, it's not going to be about the names we think are here. Well, I never was the front talk. I never spoke at a conference. Good for you. That's not the way that's going to change the world. I love that stuff. I'm not putting that down. It's just that we've, cha- we've put everything into the, into the church, into the structure of church. And we talk about the, fivefold, uh, the, the, the seven mountains of influence, and we talk about all this stuff, but are we actually believing that that is just as important? What if somebody's a teacher that every day gets to speak to kids? Well, I'm not the kind of person that wants, I, I got to stay in my boundaries. No, just pray. You're an ambassador of Christ. Where you come, you shift atmospheres. You guys are so powerful. Why? Because you're following Jesus. Jesus didn't walk around and say, hey, guys, let's figure out where the the next big meeting is. No, he he moved where God told him to move, where the Father said to move. Because he had his identity. He wasn't worried about, oh, I'm going to work myself up and get a miracle so I can tell somebody else a testimony. No, just be you guys. I'm telling you, God's giving you permission to be you, to go on a journey as you. Your prayer life's going to look different than Jeremy's prayer life. Sharon looks different than her husband's prayer life and her ministry. And we all know Sharon's the powerhouse right here. Come on. But you know what happens when Sharon opens her mouth? It shifts things. Because she knows when to open it. Because she spent time with the king. 
And she's gone, Lord, search me. Search me. And the cool thing is, is she still wants to keep growing and going after more and getting hungry. Right, Sharon? Come on. But that's what it's about. It's interesting. I've got the blessing to hang out with some amazing men and women of God. And the coolest thing is when you actually start getting to know them, there's something I find that actually goes, it always triggers me. I, learned, I, felt, I felt the revelation years ago. Is when you're listening, you all of a sudden start hearing in them. They wouldn't just say this. You could hear it in them. They're like, I'm just happy to be a part of this. Like, I, I, I don't even understand why God's using me other than I said yes and things are happening. It's man that puts them on pedestals. They're just hungry and saying, I want to see something happen. They're in the back at home going, what, how do I make this happen, Lord? I don't understand this. No, seriously. We make it, we make it, oh, I love bashing this stuff because we, we have these ideas that people like literally the, these prophetic people are floating in the back room going, oh, heavens. No, seriously. And some of them are weird like that, but that's okay. But, what, but the cool is, is that we don't have to look like that. We got to break off the lie that we have to look like the other person. One person's super on fire over here that it looks like they're like, Shaking, bubbling, I don't know, looking weird like me. Or somebody over here can literally be just as anointed or more anointed in their stillness. We, we judge too much of what we think because we're judging when we're not supposed to. We're supposed to go, Lord, look in here. I want to be part of the story of history. So what is today, Lord? What are you asking today? Well, I want your time. Oh, boy. You guys, it's the small things. And Well, I don't have much time. Five minutes turning off your phone and actually acknowledging him, you'll be surprised what happens. And that's just one way. I'm not telling you how to feel that. I don't want to tell you how to do it because that's not the way it works. Sean Boltz, amazing prophet, literally plays, oh, this will wreck some people, especially. He was playing, I think it was Call of Duty or something. One of the like, video games that are like, shooting everybody. Did you know that's when he got a download from heaven? While he's playing a video game, that messes, the, that messes my religious spirit up. Woo! I don't even like saying it. I'm like, whoa, I shouldn't say this. But it's a true story that shifted a country's whole system. Like he ended up le- meeting with their prime minister and actually gave him the word that he got playing a video game. Like from the Lord, not from the video game. <laughs> but, but he actually ended up within months in sitting in front of the prime minister and they changed their whole economic system. Like we're not talking about just, oh, yeah, we raised the tax. No, no. They literally shifted their whole trajectory of that whole country. And it's documented. He can talk to you wherever you're at. What I love about him, because I've hung out with him, is that literally he's just fun. You hang out. Bobby's coming in May. Bobby Connor. And literally, yeah, he is. So, um, Anyways, so, but if you hang out, he'll be here, and you're going to love him because he's fun. He's just a fun guy. He'll be joking around. You'll think he's being all prophetic, and he's not. I was in a meeting once with like 100 and some leaders, actually down to Reading, and there's, this is like 18 years ago or something, and there's Bobby, and, and literally, just to tell you, like Bobby literally can hear thoughts and stuff like that. Like, like, this guy's awesome, fun, but he's a childlike. And he's walking around, and he'd be like, hey, what's your name? And we're all thinking, whoa, he's reading their mail. Like, literally, I'm thinking it too, like, honestly. And about, he does this for like five, six minutes. 
walking around the room, and we're like, buddy, all you'll be doing is like, hey, hey, what's your name? Donna. And he'll be like, ooh, pretty name. I'm okay. And he'll walk, and we're all like, what's he doing? Because he's not giving the words. And then sometimes he gives us, and all of a sudden he stops and goes, <laughs> you guys all think I'm trying to read your mail. He goes, I just learned years ago that I don't speak unless God says something, so I'm just waiting. I'm just asking your name. We're way too spiritual sometimes. Like, honestly, we're talking like a prophet known in the, like, he's, he's uh, I'm pretty confident he's one of the ones that even had the red phone. He could phone the president, right? But we have to get over ourselves. No, we do. We need to get over ourselves and say, God, I want to get hungry. I want to stir up. I don't, I don't care what people think. I want to get abandoned. Let the child out of you again. Come on. I'm not even ashamed to say, man, some of you guys just need to drink worship. Come up here and have some fun. I'm not saying that's the answer. You can do that anywhere you want, but some of us just need to do it so that we get over and say, oh, I've been waiting to do that. Luke 18.22 says, I'm going to nail this. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have, distribute to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. I'm not worried about even the selling part. Get rid of your stuff. He's not worried about that because you know what? He's just saying the main part's the end. Follow me. You can have all you need if you're actually following him. He was speaking to a situation that this person, that stuff was holding them back. Come on. Some of us protect ourselves so much with wisdom of the world instead of wisdom of God. Some of us, seriously, some of us need to put ourselves into some situations that we actually use faith. And when I say faith, I take Chris Walton's de um, definition of faith. It's R-I-S-K. Seriously. Some of us have to, like, get crazy and actually try the very thing that we when you're in the highest moment of pre in the presence and you're like, oh, I want to do that. You need to write, stop that moment right now. Because I'll tell you, probably in about two hours or the next day, you're going to be like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, nope, that wasn't God. Well, it sure was in the moment. Why? Because we allow our flesh to win. We say, okay. And what we're actually doing is we're partnering with the lie that says you are not more than a conqueror. You guys, every one of you have called to boldness. You can be introvert, expert. It doesn't matter. Don't take labels. I hate labels. Because you can be used in so many different ways. Because you're powerful. I'm going to come back, but I just feel like I'm going to share this one verse. I was listening to the word the other day and I was working out. And, and, and it's the simplest thing. Of Acts 12, 3 to 4. It's when Peter gets arrested. It says, when he, Herod realized how much displeased the Jewish leaders, he had Peter arrested and thrown into prison during the feast of Passover. Sixteen soldiers were assigned to guard him until Herod could bring him to public trial immediately after the Passover celebrations were over. Look, I've heard that so many times. And I just was listening, and the Lord says, you missed it. Go back. So listen again. You missed it. He says, you guys, do, he said, you don't realize how dangerous you are. I'm like, what? He's like, 16 soldiers? What was Peter the Hulk? <laughs> no, like seriously. Think about it. 16 soldiers. Who here needs 16 men to hold you down with weapons? That guy does. Come on, because he knows he's dangerous, right? Come on. Come on. But I like that. No, I really do. 
Because when you realize you're dangerous, that the enemy can't stop you. What's the worst thing somebody can do to you? Kill you. Wait a minute. Oh, that's scary. No, not really once you actually process that. Because we can't change it once you're dead. No, think about it. It's, it's the, again, it's the idea and fear of death that scares us. Because the moment you actually ever die, pass to glory, you're more alive than you ever will be. I'm telling you. Heaven, I've experienced things. Heaven is way better than, if you could stay, you want to stay. You don't worry about nothing. We need to break the fear of death. Well, I'm not scared of death. Oh, my word. During COVID, I heard the church so scared of death. They were so scared of death. Oh, no, it's precautions. No, you're scared. Guys, it's, oh, it might kill us. Well, who cares? This is the difference between the John G. Lakes of the world that actually, hey, put the plague on my hand and see what happens. Hey, and maybe you're not called to do that. I'm not telling you. It's, it looks different for everyone. I want to make sure I clarify that today. Because I've even heard of these, some things, in, in the, even in our own body, because the enemy's lying and they're getting frustrated because they don't, their life doesn't look like other people's lives. And I want to break that because that's another lie that's just holding you back. We have to look different and we're made different. I'm just going to skip everywhere here. Um, I love it. Charlie the other day, like he's, he gave me a word that's, and he says, Kevin, it's time for all hands on deck. That's Charlie Robinson. We need every one of you. We do. And I've said this before, and, I don't, and I'm going to keep saying it probably the rest of my life because I've, I've called the revive. So I wanna, I'm going to spend as much fire and whatever we can get it from heaven on you guys to actually start believing what he says. But, we, but the big key is, I'm telling you, I'm burning with this, is we got to be who you're called to be. And I'm gonna tell you, we all know these scriptures. It's 1 Corinthians 12, but I'm going to read it through anyways. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. Verse 13, by, for by one spirit we were all immersed and mingled into one single body, and no matter what status, whether we are Jews nor Jews, oppressed or free, we are privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. Back to the beginning. When you, truly, this is, we have to break this mind. When you see somebody moving in power or signs or whatever you get excited for, do you really believe that's the, you can have the same spirit? We have to realize, we have to start believing that the Holy Spirit can actually change us. We have to actually believe the Holy Spirit speaks to you. No, this is huge. A lot of the church actually doesn't believe they can hear from Christ. Break that lie, guys. It says the sheep hear his voice. You're his sheep. So it means that either the Bible's lying or, or the Bible's lying. We have to break that, you guys. Because you do. We hear. And we're made for a purpose. And again, we're not all made to be miracle signs and wonder crusade guys. Women, guys, whatever, right? But I say this out of all, completely of innocent of heart. For years, back in the day, I would preach like, everybody, don't you want it? And I couldn't understand. I talk, they were like, no. I'm like, man, these guys need to get saved. And I honestly, that was totally innocent. I was like, man, they, this is wrong. How, how can they not burn and dream about crusades and seeing people out of wheelchairs? Doesn't everybody? 
until, until I actually finally got the revelation, hey, maybe that's not everyone's desire or call. And that's okay. It doesn't, one's not better than the other, you guys. We need those in the body, touching the body, outside of the body. We need you guys everywhere. Doing the work of the kingdom. That's why we're, you're part of an apostolic center, which actually is a place that sends you out every week, every time. It's actually our culture just to be constantly sent. What are you being sent with? With heaven's reality. Heaven's reality. I won't get, um, I'm, so real quick, we, I think we miss this a lot. If you study the word apostleship, it actually was a, a, a Greek term and then the Romans used it, right? We know this. If you don't know something, a like really, really quick version because you need, you need to know what you're a part of because you actually have to do it or else it's not really anything. And so what actually would happen is Jesus used those words over them because they knew what that meant. And what it was happened is that Rome at that time would take over a country or a city or whatever, and they would send the apostles' ship, which would release a, which was called an apostle, and a team that would actually make it start looking like Rome. So that when the leaders would come, they would feel like they were in Rome, and because they believed what? They believed they had the best system. Well, what Jesus was saying was, you guys are apostles of the kingdom, and when you come and you're going to come into an area, and you're actually going to start making it look like heaven. So when you stick around at an apostolic center, you like it or not, if you stick around and actually engage, you're going to start going around like this thinking all the time, how, how do I bring heaven here? Well, how do I bring heaven? How do I bring heaven's thought patterns here? Hmm, man, I've been in the same thing 10 years ago, same situation, but not um, it, something can actually shift this time because heaven says something can change. It shifts something, and that's who you guys are. Without, you, without us all doing it, it's not much of anything, Right? And it's okay. You might get offended. Jesus offended lots of people. Drink my blood. Eat my body. Why would he say something like that? Because he needed real followers that were willing to go, oh, I'm going to go deep. Man, I, like I said, I grew up Baptist, Mennonite. They're, I'm still dealing with the spirit, um, a religious spirit sometimes. And I've been part of crazy things. And if you get around me, I love crazy stuff. I love when angels show up and natural and all sorts of crazy stuff. I, could, I love that stuff, but it's interesting because the further you go deeper, the further you realize there's things trying to hold you back. Yeah. It's another, it's a good, and it's not a bad thing, you guys, when he shows you because he actually wants you to grow because we need you in the body because it says, in fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand... I'm not part of the body. It's forgetting that it's still a vital part of the body. Please stop telling yourself you're not vital. That's, honestly, if you can leave here, the most important thing I want you to get is that you're amazing. You actually are to be used. And, and the history of, of God actually... Pretty much, I, I'm scared to say needs because the truth is God will do it his own way no matter what. But he desires you to be part of that story. And we are getting, we're, we're be, the bride constantly looks, sometimes looks like we're limping because we are so concerned of being like a hand or, a, or an arm and don't want to be the pinky toe. The little, it's true. And I'm not going to get into it, but you study the body. It, it, that, if you cut off one of my toes, it actually affects how I walk because God needed everybody. So we have to change the way we think and look 
We have to change the way we, we think and look and even honor. I'm not saying take honor away from it, but everyone needs to be honored. You know that when you actually honor, you want, if you want honor in your life, honor those around you. It's a simple thing. Humble yourself. You guys, God is looking for people that are actually willing to go, hey, I want, I'm so hungry right now. Lord, search me. Search in the deepness and go, oh, I have offense there. Hey, uh, can we meet for coffee? Oh, wow, I haven't heard from you for two years. Yeah, yeah, can we just meet for coffee? Now, when you meet, don't tell them what they did wrong. Because we're not searching their heart. You know, their response actually doesn't matter. Their response doesn't matter. When you come here on Sunday morning, when you leave, the only response that really mattered for that morning was yours, between you and God. You can't be like, oh, well, I didn't like the worship song. Kevin sucked the message. It doesn't matter. At the end, God's going to, I'm going to go home today, and God's going to say, way to go. You did what I asked. I'm not worried about affirmation. From, from a person that's love language is affirmation because I'm, I'm learning. It doesn't matter. I want him and him alone. And truthfully, those that actually know my heart, hear me, that's what I care about. Because if I blow it and, and somebody needs to speak to me, they're the ones that are going to speak to me. People can come. Anyways, I won't go there. God is so good. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's forgetting that it's still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really part of the body, it's forgetting that it's still an important part of the body. It's interesting that it's, this is, the Bible's only so big, okay? Have you ever thought of that? I'm like, there could have been a lot of other things in it. But the stuff in it, we need to know. Because yeah. if, if literally, oh, I get right. Eternity, guys. No, no, not, not, not our time on earth. Eternity, a God that has no beginning or end, which you'll never understand. I believe, my theology, I don't even, I actually don't even believe when you get to heaven you're going to have full understanding because he's bigger than all that. Yeah. I think we're going we're gonna to constantly, like the elders bowing down, go, oh my goodness. Truthfully, from what I've experienced, you don't care. No, no, we, knowledge is not power, guys. Intimacy is. That was good. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Seriously, I love Jesus. I just love having fun with him because when you're, you're freedom in just being you. But back to, think about this. He's going over and over about body parts in the Bible. Only so much scripture he gave us. Because it's so important. That's why there's verses about before communion that he's literally like, if you're before you come before the king, before you come before the king of kings and honor him, he's like, hey, stop and deal with the issues around. If you just actually get the revelation of that, it actually brings the fear of the Lord upon you. Because if he, the very thing he created for you was to come and worship him and give him everything you have and the very thing, and he's saying, hey, don't do it until you deal with those around you. It must be important to his heart because he actually wants a full body. This is way more important than trying to figure out the end of the world. Why? I, can, I, can, I don't even say my theology. I won't even 
back it up that way. I'll say that's the truth, and I'll tell you why. Because nowhere in my Bible does it tell me to figure out the end of the world. But it does tell me to, to deal with my issues and to actually grow and become a, such a child of God that actually can come boldly before the throne and actually know that I can come boldly before the throne. And actually know that I can go hug him, spend time with him, at the same moment be in awe and a fear of him because of his love. Not fear that he's going to burn me up, but fear that, that I'm going to hurt his heart. That's where you start moving. Whew. Oh, but God carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required. Hear that, you guys, a diversity. So don't want to look like the same person. For if the body consists of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. And so now we see that there are many different parts and functions, but one body. It would be wrong for the eye, did I read this already? It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you, and equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. I'm going to read that once more. Some people need to hear that. In fact, the weaker, this is verse 22, the more vital and essential they are. Well, that just flipped everything that we run in most circles about. Come on. I don't know if you've ever heard, oh, I wasn't playing. If you ever, I don't have the notes on this, so I'll try, hopefully I don't butcher this. Real fast, uh, might have been Bob Jones or Paul Kane, I forget, had an encounter, and they were caught up into heaven, and they were out, okay, there's more of a vision. I went, so they actually, so you know, the, inner, the Holy of Holies, inner court, and outer court, right? So they show up in the outer court, and all these people are there, and it's amazing, and they see this, this minister that they know from history. They're like, oh, my goodness, I want to go see them. And they walk up, and they said, hey. And they're talking, and all of a sudden they realize, well, why are you out in the outer court? And they were like, yeah, because I, uh, had, I, had, I dealt with these certain issues. Yes, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands got saved. And I love Jesus, but I never dealt with certain things in my life. Boom, he's into the inner court. Then he sees another great, powerful uh, in this case, was a man of God that was there, and they walk up, and the quick version is it is basically they said, well, actually, I let the ministry was, became more important to me. The, the recognition became more important to me. But I'm still here. In both cases, they're like, I, this is still the best in the world. Like, they, didn't, they weren't worried, get this, they weren't worried about that they were farther away because they're in the presence of God. So then he gets, he re starts realizing that he's in this, that this is something's happening. So he's right before the Holy of Holies, and there's the Father. And the closest person was this lady, and she was knelt before the throne. And, she and he's like, oh, who is that? Who is that? And this person knew a lot of revival and stuff. Like that. They couldn't figure out who this person was. So he's like, I have to get up. And he said it was scary. So he goes up to her, and, and, and he's like, this is a, very real to them, right? So they're like, oh my, who are you? And she says, I'm his. I'm his. And she's like, no, 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 no. He's like, no, no, what's your name? What did you do? And she said, I'm his. And, and basically the story was that she didn't have an easy life. But she grew to know Jesus and spent time with him daily and experienced heaven on earth in her prayer closet. And that she was shifting things and moving things, but that wasn't even her focus. It was just that I love him. And guess who was the closest? It was her we got to shift our focus, guys, because it all comes out of that intimacy. Because once you get that, you find out what you're called to do. 
The fact that she was there means that she didn't do anything wrong. So she just did what she needed in the body. Man, we, uh, we don't talk enough about how the intercessors of ministries and places and just and the body that's praying, how valuable you guys are. You guys are shifting things. The best you can do, if, you're, if you ever want to pray for the leaders of this church or your, your family, is pray for more hunger. Pray for that we just fall more in love with him. It can't hurt. No, it can't hurt. It'll only do better for everybody. We love, we just, but we want to go further. We're hungry. In fact, the weaker of our parts, the more vital and essential they are. The body parts we think are less honorable. We treat them greater respect. And the body parts we need to be covered in public, we treat with uh, propriety and clothe them. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that their very member will look after the others with mutual concern and so that there will be no division in the body. We need each other, guys. We need to push each other, but we also need to just to love each other. Our, you guys, we got to be less focused on, on trying to become something and actually for yourself, but actually become something. When the body rises, we're, you're unstoppable. It's unity. And that way, whatever happens to the one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one honored, everyone rejoices. Come on, it all comes down to our yes. It's like Matthew twenty two fourteen says, for many are called, but few are chosen. The passion says it this way, for everyone is invited to enter in, but few respond in excellence. You know what the response is? Is your yes. We're all called. We're all called. But you actually have to choose to step into your calling and say, I want to be part of the story. And often I think the, uh, the thing is, is how much do you want it? What are you willing to lay down? Because we'll go back to the way at the beginning. It says, Matthew 6, 24 says, if anyone desires to come after, let him deny himself. Take up the cross and follow him. Yes, Jesus did everything. So it's not about trying to do something. It's actually being, being, being something with him, which allows you to actually do something that opens up the doors. It's the motive of the heart. It's not, oh, I just want to please him just so that he wants to do something for me. You just want to please him because you want to please the Father. Man, come on. So God's so good. You guys are amazing. Thank you for listening to me, banter. Um, I'm going to end up here. Don't worry. Um, back. We will never become to our full potential without actually doing the work. What I mean by that is podcasts, teachings, all that stuff is incredible. So don't put me wrong. Sunday, this is incredible. But until you actually go and decide to cultivate your own garden, you're never going to fully grow. I'm telling you. We say, but if you can get the revelation that actually the reason you're still where you were a year ago is not anyone else's fault. It's a hard one. It's no one else's fault but yours. But when you realize that, you know what's fun is? Is that you also realize, you're like, oh, I'm going to change something. And then you actually start choosing. I remember years ago when that, literally that's what I actually got the revelation of was, I don't want to be where I was a year ago. Because I realized I was. 
And I thought I was all going for it. But I really hadn't gone because I actually was just maintaining. A lot of Christians just maintain. It's like in the gym. If you want to actually push, anyone that works out a lot, it sucks because when you actually want, you start getting to a place and then you're like, maintain. And you're like, oh, I'm pushing. No, you're not because it doesn't hurt yet. It doesn't actually, it starts hurting because you have to push harder. You have to lift more. But it's interesting when your heart is going after and you're willing to, just for uh, an analogy actually, I laugh because just two days ago, I think it was, uh, I was actually in the gym and and that's actually quite often when God's speaking to me, I try to do things in the natural too. So I'm like, I'm going to push a little more. But I was at the end, I was kind of tired. I'm like, oh, why is this doing this? Why does it feel like I'm pushing even harder than it should be? And I did like four sets, and also I looked down, and somebody put the extra weight on the thing. <laughs> and, and I actually felt the Lord laughing to see, because you want it, it, still, it happened. Without me, I didn't realize, because my, my heart was to do it, but I just didn't feel like I had anything left in me to do it, to be honestly. And I, just, I literally looked at it, are you kidding me? That's awesome, because I didn't know I was paying the price, <laughs> right? I just knew it hurt. No, but it's true, because that's what happens when you start having fun with God. All of a sudden, you, when you're really going, and you get into that motion, and you're in the story, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my goodness, how did I get here? Yeah. And he just laughs. It's because you just said yes. <laughs> and you're like, wow, I thought it was going to even hurt more. No, his grace is sufficient. It's a choice. I'm telling you, even this Christmas season, I just, we, <laughs> there are situations in families and relationships that God wants to work through, I'm telling you, pray and humble yourself. Because I know that I know, I know some situations, the natural actually, and, it's, and things are going to happen, um, like real stories of things in the works right now, because people are starting to realize, hey, wait a minute, we're praying, oh, we're praying for this breakthrough, we're praying. But no, we have to go actually address it. You guys, most people want to deal with issues, but everyone's scared to be the one that goes for it. Yes, God's good. Yep, a lot of us won't actually, we have to choose to be willing to count the cost. And we can't be concerned, so we're so concerned about being seen. We have to learn to get our affirmation from him. Because I'm telling you, when you actually learn to start getting affirmation from him, he will give you affirmation from man. But if you get first promoted by him, guess what? You don't have to work to keep your promotion. There are so many. And I, and I, I know I'm speaking right now even again in, in church terms in the sense of lead, But I have watched so many over the years people that fought for positions that are no longer in those positions. And I see it so clearly now because they fought for them. They put themselves there, but they weren't ready to be there. It's like, it's like, what if David would have been made king when he was from the moment when, when Samuel actually anointed him? It would have been a disaster for Israel. No, for real, because we know his story. You need to learn. You need to learn the ways of the Lord. Speaking of David, some of us need to, I just declare that I've, is 1 Samuel 17, 32 to 40. I'm going to read it. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. This is David. He shows up, and Goliath is mocking everybody, right? This always stirs me up because I'm like, you don't dare mock. I, I, know, I feel like I know what David felt like. Man, you don't mess with God, okay? Have you ever been in those positions? You're like, bring it on. 
Actually, you want to hear a funny story? When I was about uh, 12 years old, um, I had a lot of non-Christian friends around my neighborhood, and I actually, like, they all did a lot of fighting and stuff, but I was, that wasn't me. I was better with my mouth to get out of fights. Um, but, uh, but honestly, one of the only major fights I've had in my life is because somebody spoke against Jesus. I went, I went full berserk on him. <laughs> I probably, I didn't, I didn't, I just, what a way to witness. Yeah. I still, seriously. I'm like, he's real! You live in, yeah, I don't want to tell you what I said. It was bad. Oh, man. I seriously did. Uh, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistines. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistines to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. God doesn't care at your age. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't even care how much schooling you had or how much knowledge you have. You just got to be willing to be crazy for him. Hear my heart. When I say crazy, some people don't know me. That's a good thing, okay? We're a crazy church, and I think that's a good thing, right? Why? Because we're wrecked. Again, that's a bad word to use. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that we need to be careful with our language. Over, anyway, for me in this season, is so careful with words. We so want God just to come and mess us up in a good way. That gets us to actually keep going where we're supposed to go. And that means being wrecked from the things of this world. Not wrecked like, not, no good, right? But God said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out to fall after it and struck it. And I delivered the lamb from its mouth, and when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, oh man, that's cool, and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul, this is, this is the key I want on for you guys right now. So Saul clothed David with his armor. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also closed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. We need to make sure you're not wearing Saul's armor. The difference is when I was, I was praying about this is that, that in this case, Saul actually put the armor on him. We put other people's armor on because we think that we want to look like the king. We want to look like this. We want to look like this. But you're not free. I'll tell you, I, I'm asking you, please search your heart because I actually in prayer felt there's people living for decades. And they're frustrated because they're trying to be something that they were never called to be. And hear my heart, you, man, when you go into intimacy, you can prophesy, you can see miracles. There's nothing in our Bible that's not for you. It's not a, we're so concerned, of, at least in the charismatic church, is these titles. Do you guys realize their titles of function? They're function, you guys. They're not titles of better and greater than everybody. The truth, I love it. If you study, go, go check out Chris Volatin. He'll talk about this. He's literally like, do you guys realize the five-fold ministries that says that they're equipping the church? They have them. Technically, they're supposed to be training people. They're not even worried about them doing the stuff. So just get around the equipment. And they're literally handing out the bat and go hit the home run. Man, 
We're so concerned about that title and that position that you're missing the fact that you get to go hit the home run. You get to run the base. And they're going to cheer you on. Come on, guys. We got we to gotta get the right understandings. Because we're where we're going. It's so amazing. Oh, I'm going to end here. Um, again, Psalms 139, 23. God, I invite you. Invite your searching gaze into my heart. Wow. Examine me through and through. Find everything that may be a hidden, maybe hidden within me. You guys, these prayers, this, if you pray this, this will literally change your life. But be ready, because some of it hurts. I'm just real. I'm a real, I, I, I'm tired of the church saying it's easy. No, when you gave, became a Christian, you gave your life up. No, no, we, we sugarcoated it. Man, when you gave, when you said yes to him, you're on a, a, a wild ride. But it has an incredible return. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. If there is any path of pain I'm walking on, and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. Oh. Any path. Come on. Lead me back to the glorious, everlasting way. You guys want to stand up? I felt... I wasn't going to share this today, so I'm not actually totally prepared. Um, last week, Brent mentioned it, but I, um, of something I saw, and I actually saw the whole thing, and I didn't, want, I didn't feel peace to share it last week. Um, it's good. It's just also a little heavy. I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just trying to hear from the Lord. Um, it was confirmed I was supposed to share during worship, so... Um, and it totally goes along with what we're doing here. So, so last week, we're in worship. Yeah, hold on. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, you're going to bite. I don't care if you understand this. I do care. You may not understand what I'm doing here, but I'm going to invite you into an encounter. Because many of you see a lot more than you see. So last week, just out of nowhere, I literally watched these angels walk across the front of this church right through the walls they kept on going I don't know how long they were people some people asked me how many I don't I didn't count it wasn't about the counting but it was really interesting because at first all I saw was these angels and they all had a candle in their hand a beautiful thing with the candles were in very ancient old saying for a reason because there's a holiness to it and they're standing there and I, and I literally told Brent because I'm like, whoa, I can feel that when there's something about when God's doing something, there's literally power behind it, right? And Brent's like, whoa, I feel it too. He's like, do you want to share it? I'm like, I don't know what it's talking about, so I'm not going to share something I don't understand. And then later on, I went right back in without, just God brought me in, and this is the part I want to share. I watched people come up and take their armor off. And, and they would line up in front of these angels. Again, if you're watching right now, this is not in the, it's extra biblical. I have no problem. This is taking this as it is, but it totally lines up with scripture. Is that they literally st stood before these angels 
And these angels would start, the first one I saw, they would start tilting the candle towards this person. But the oil would come out. And this is the thing that startled me, is the first person I saw, actually, the oil touched them. And they jumped back and says, I can't do this. And they ran. And I saw this numerous times, and I'm like, God, I don't understand. He says, but keep watching. There's, there was others. And as the oil would come over them, which I, I understood the moment, it didn't feel good. The candle would keep coming, and it would hit the person, and they'd light on fire and become a consuming fire. And I said, Lord, what's going on? He says, keep watching. And when... This may sound weird, but over on the side, literally I've watched encounter within encounter, and I literally watched, them, I see the mount of the Lord, and they, the ones that were on fire got to ascend the mount of the Lord. And as they were ascending the mount of the Lord, they were coming before the throne. And the Lord said, these are the ones that are willing to go all out. They're the ones that said, I want more. And I feel like I want to... I, not I actually don't want it. I, I feel the Lord is extending a visitation, uh, uh, an invitation this morning. Again, I wasn't planning to do this. So I don't know if we're supposed to come to the front or just wherever you're at. I'm not really actually worried about it. You can do what you want. If I can have some worship, actually. Uh, Nancy, can we get? Can we actually sing Yeshua like that song again? I want to invite. Uh, it's a choice, you guys. The, the words makes it very clear we have a choice do we actually want the fire do we actually want the oil do we actually want to walk through to become the burning ones because I'm telling you when you're burning nothing else matters you can step in when you're burning this is the cool thing about when you burn when you bump into people they feel it they start lighting up I just want to encourage you in the in the striped shirt, the blue, yeah, the blue stripes. I just earlier I just saw it because you're one that is wanting to be on fire and is on fire. You and your wife, and I just saw an, an incredible hunger over you guys and a and a passion to and an expectation and, and a willingness to surrender. And I see that breakthrough in your life and those desires of your heart experience them in a fresh new ways and I just just literally there's a uh, a refreshing coming over you right now I literally see a, uh, a waterfall just washing over you because of where you're the next season and it's interesting because I said also he's like yeah but did you notice they're still on fire with the water rushing over them because you guys are you're all in you're all in so Lord I pray right now that there be no hindrances we set aside right now. Lord, thank you for the burning ones. I just, Lord, I thank you. Yeah, I actually feel, I actually, boldly right now, there's a presence coming over you right now. In the name of Jesus, receive that right now. Right now from heaven, right now. Guys, stay in your own encounter. Lord, just, Lord, we just pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just see right now you severing and removing arrows out of their backs right now. We break that off right now because he just wants you to fly. He just wants you to fly. Thank you, Jesus. Cool. Yes, Lord. Come on. Can you see? Yeah, just sing. Let's just sing. I'm going to actually, I just, I like getting out of the way. So I'm just going to let them sing. Yes, where they are led. 
and you're free to go to go change the world today go and change your world today Lord I pray right now Lord God just Lord release your encounter I actually boldly declare Lord, Lord I pray for your ministering angels to do their work today now. Lord you don't show us things for no reason so I pray like Lord God that people would encounter the oil and the fire this morning Lord, encounter it right now in Jesus' name. Let it come forth, Lord God. Let it come forth, Lord God. As we come to you, Lord God, we want it all. We're hungry for more, Lord God. Lord, I ask for a spirit of hunger to come over us right now. Lord God, we lay aside the busyness of the season and say, God, we're not waiting for a January to step into something new. Lord, I, we declare that it's now. Lord, we don't want our agenda. We want your agenda, God. We want to be used by you. But more than anything, Lord God, we want to search and seek your face. Lord, I pray, Lord God, this house will be filled with people that have encounters daily with you. Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that you're raising up a generation. Lord, a group of people that are willing to lay it all down. Lord God, give us a perspective of eternity, God. Give us an understanding that it's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. And Lord, we want to be part of history. Lord God, we want to be a part of history. Lord, that we don't use words slightly of world changers, but we are world changers. Lord, raising up mothers and fathers of the faith in here. Release God. Releasing God. Releasing God. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Come on, come on.
looking to the right or to the left but we are keeping our eyes focused on you that you are our glorious bridegroom king and we live our lives abandoned to you today so God we just thank you for your blessing I just ask that you bless um, your people this morning those online God and those in this room God we thank you for the families and I just see the oil of the Lord just pouring out just pouring out and covering God, we thank you that you cover us today. God, that you've covered our sins, God, that you've covered our sorrows, that you've covered our iniquities. And I thank you, Father, that today is a day of fresh beginnings, Lord. I declare that over you today. Thank you, Lord. Guys, it's so exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited what God is doing. I'm so excited that we get to be a part of it. I just want to bless you today and just release you. If you guys want to come up, there's a place. There, I'm just going to call the altar ministry to please come forward. And, and if you just want to receive some more, you want to stay in this presence, the atmosphere, you are more than welcome to. But we want to release you. Those who have children, please go pick them up. Thank you very much. 